Is that the greatest Easter egg we could possibly imagine? Third Degree, the podcast is brought to you by Soccer at 90.com. Soccer at 90 wants to give all listeners of Third Degree an exclusive Christmas special. So you can get all those last minute gifts or even post Christmas gifts you want from now until the end of December. All listeners of Third Degree, the podcast, get 30% off. That's 10% more than usual. 30% off when you use the code THIRDXMAS at checkout. That's 3RDXMAS at checkout. 30% off your order. Soccer90.com, code THIRDXMAS. Please allow three to four days for processing and shipping so you don't order that like a day before Christmas and expect to get it. Some exclusions do apply. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to episode number 242 of Third Degree, the podcast. I'm Peter, and the whole group is here. First off, he loves him some Christmas. Dandy Dan Crook. Howdy, Dan. That's an interesting observation. Uh, Hi. When you weren't here last time, we theorized that you hated Christmas and the holidays. Uh, I no, don't remember was... why, but it sounded good at the time, I think. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a strange one to theorize. So you do love the holidays. You can confirm officially here in episode 242 you are pro-Christmas holiday. Yeah, yeah. I just hate the people. Ah, okay. It's easy to mis- misunderstand that. And uh, your hero, my hero, everybody's hero, our very own soccer Santa Claus, editor-founder, of thirddegree.net and uh the original by the way buzz carrick come in buzz hi peter and and dan uh, happy holidays to both of y'all merry christmas all that stuff joyce festivus uh is this do we get to air grievances now no that's next week that's episode after christmas 243 uh, i don't know yeah. i think with some of the news we're gonna wear some <laughs> i have a feeling there's gonna be some airing of grievances today buzzer yeah, day there, there might be some yeah yes <laughs> From Dan uh, in particular, yeah. Uh, yeah, all kinds of uh, noise and so forth to go on. And um, we have the world-famous red crayon written run sheet, and this is at the very top. And frankly, I'd rather talk about abortion rights, gun laws, <laughs> hell, promotion relegation. Can we talk about something other than this ridiculous U.S. Open Cup MLS controversy? Please, well, uh, I, I, I think I know what Dan's mostly going to say, but I, I just want to say two things really quickly, um, and that I, I think Dan's going to follow it up with something appropriate. Um, the first is that, like everybody else, I think MLS is the villain here, but I, that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is, to me, the irony that um, MLS basically was like, we're going to play a bunch of reservists, a bunch of our second team, and the weird thing to me is that the U.S. Open Cup or the U.S. Soccer Committee or whatever it is that runs that thing, they determined a long time ago that uh, MLS Next Pro teams could not be in the Open Cup because of the fact they're the same club as FC Dallas. So then FC Dallas or MLS more miraculously said, we're going to send our MLS Next Pro groups. And they were like, no, you can't do that. Dude, you guys literally said we can't play in Next Pro teams because they're the same team. So are they the same team or not? So 
to me, that's the irony of what's happening here that makes it all ridiculous. Uh, and I'm sure Dan will back me up on this is that what really matters here is that this is a power play money thing. And that's all that matters. And, and that's, that's, I say that because they, MLS told everybody they were doing this. If they hadn't, if they really just wanted to do it, they could have just done without telling anybody because LAFC and other clubs have already done this where they brought up like 10, 12 guys from their next pro team and played them in the cup. It's already happened before. So like you just could have sent North Texas a set of FC Dallas jerseys and sent them over there and no one would have said anything. So that's why you know it's a money grab power play. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, and that's what it's about. It's not about the players on the field. It's the shirt that they're wearing. You know, U.S. soccer is trying to get the sponsorship deal. They're trying to get the next Open Cup broadcast after it kind of left ESPN. And a guy like Antonio Carrera in an FC Dallas jersey is a lot more appealing to a potential sponsor than Antonio Carrera in a North Texas SC jersey. It's the same jersey, the same manufacturer, same sponsor, same player name. Just that little uh, little MLS badge uh, makes the difference there. But yeah, like you said, uh, LAFC had 12 non-rostered players in, in one of their games last year. I mean, Ricardo Pepe obviously played two games before he ever signed for FC Dallas. Uh, it's part and parcel of, of cups the world over, but... I mean, there are U.S. soccer and FIFA rules that that state that for Division One sanctioning, you have to participate in a national cup. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, if U.S. soccer wants to put their big boy pants on and actually, like you know, be the the horse leading the cart and not let the cart lead the horse for once. Well, I imagine we'll end up with a version where MLS teams will, on paper, be in this thing. And they'll just be sending a lot more reservists to the games by whatever definition, you know, they want to determine, you know, the uh, U.S. soccer does not put a lot of rules on you with who shows up as long as it fits in your league's rules. Well, that's easy. MLS will just say, oh, here's our league rule for the Open Cup. We can send reservists and, and they'll solve it. And there'll be some behind the scenes discussions about money or whatever. You know, it's not going to be in the end a big deal, but it's just uh, it's become a massive deal in the public. And, and, and MLS is full on Darth Vader here. Scorched Earth. They don't give a crap. They knew that they would get pushback. There was an article from the Athletic today. They knew that the hardcore fans would go nuts, but they also know that there's a big chunk, maybe seventy percent of their fan base that has, doesn't even know what the Open Cup is. And we find that to be true about FC Dallas. People all the time have no clue what the Open Cup is, and a hundred people show up anyway. So, you know, it's only us hardcores that want to that think it's important to honor the history of the game. And I'm sure eventually they'll get this figured out. It's just going to take some bullying by various parties until they do. My only observation about all of this is, is that for an organization that is pretty famous for shooting itself in the foot with some regularity, <clears throat> and that Which I, am, one? I am speaking specifically <laughs> of Major League Soccer, fair comment, Dan, so I will specify MLS uh, is, is what I'm talking about. There's just, I feel like there's a part of this that we, is yet, there's a shoe that's yet to drop, or there's a part of this story or context that we haven't been told. Because there's just no way, the way that this was done and handled by MLS uh, earlier this week and communicated, or not, I, guess they, uh, I guess it was late Friday when they announced it, just 
just screams of yeah there's there's something else that we're that we're doing in the background or we haven't told you yet or we're, we're in it this is some sort of agreement that we have with us soccer to try to muddle through this process um uh, i don't know i don't know how, what that's going to be or how it's going to turn out it just i have a feeling we don't know the whole story well i imagine the the bigger story is going to just going to be money you know that there's going to that mls Remember through Soccer United Marketing used to have their fingers in all kinds of pies in the United States in terms of Well, they teams. were responsible for running the damn yeah. thing up until two years ago. Right. I'm sure that's what it is. It's like now that they don't run it and now that they don't have their own sponsorship of it and that kind of thing, they're they're not going to be as excited about it. And so I'm sure there'll be some kind of money, big money smoking room kind of con- uh, compromise here that'll end up getting the MLS teams in some version in it, you know, and whether it has to be like a split of the revenue or a uh, this more amicable for MLS or some kind of shared sponsorship, or maybe they can try and figure out how Apple TV can get involved, you know, cause that's the other part too, is that the US Cup ain't on Apple TV and, and MLS doesn't want to be on something that's not Apple TV. Wait, so, you mean there's a chance that revenue for messy games might not go to Apple and <laughs> that might not make MLS happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like we just sussed it. It's no coincidence that this happened when Messi showed up in the Open Cup, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of ways you can poke holes or try to figure out what the conspiracy is. I, it, I just, at some point, the full, all of this is going to reveal itself in some shape or fashion. Yeah. It just, the manner in which this started and got out was very clearly not a passing comment or a thrown out deal. This was a thought out plan that they decided to announce this in the manner they did on Friday. And it seems so clumsy and so ridiculous. Even I am having a hard time believing that MLS is stupid enough to have done it this way, unless there's some sort of longer game plan that we're, you know, long game that they're playing that we just haven't been, we oh, haven't seen yet. Yeah. A hundred percent. MLS chose to come out guns blazing, set the town on fire. I mean, they, they did this in a, the worst political way that they possibly could have. Right. They came out and made a humongous deal about it rather than just trying to backdoor it and make it a small deal. So they, they're doing it on purpose. It seems clear to me. And we'll find out later what the end game is. You're right but about what that. What would that purpose be? Like, why would you set yourself on fire like that? Like, what's the winning position out of this for them? Well, they the, got the, financial control. Yeah, money because How? not enough of the fans of Major League Soccer even know what this is or care. Only a very small percentage of it. So you're only risking a very small sort of established ancient old guy, you know, that care about history. You're not missing any of your casual fans. So there's very little risk here in terms of the league popping off about it. You know, it's just a negotiating can- contact. They just came out swinging instead of trying to nuance it. They must've been, my assumption at this point is they must've tried nuanced back doors and conversations and weren't getting anywhere. So I said, okay, well, screw you. Then we're going scorched earth. So, I'm sure that that's part of it. I think if you look at the schedule, you'll notice there's not a whole lot of midweek games. The, the, the Cup website, the cup.us, not the one that's the official one, but the unofficial one, mm-hmm. they pointed out that those gaps are in the schedule there that fit quite nicely with the way the Open Cup structure works. Like the schedule's kind of got the right stuff in it. It's a, it's a lot of it's during Copa America. Yeah. So again, it's like I don't, I think that a lot of this is just um, posturing. You know, and they just, and I'm assuming they weren't getting a lot of reaction that they wanted from U.S. soccer. And so they're trying to bully them. That's the bottom line is they're trying to bully U.S. soccer or, or more specifically the cup committee. You Into know, what, though? That's uh, the part I don't get. The money. 
Dan's right. Money control, you know, that kind of thing. Make it work for them, whatever that is. Like the whole idea that it's about young players getting chances, that's, that's garbage. It's about money. It's about Apple TV. It's about messy. Hmm. That's all okay. it is. Yep. Weird and stuff. And that title sponsor they've been fishing for. Yeah, that too. Well, it seems like everybody flipped their wig over something that I <laughs> wonder how, what I like for all of the caterwauling and complaining. I, this all feels like last year, this restaurant closed in my neighborhood and ever, and the, like the little neighborhood newsletter and newspaper wrote these articles talking about what a shame it was and how badly they had been done. And then you started asking and reading and you're like, well, nobody went to the restaurant. <laughs> like, like, what? Why yeah. are we surprised that it closed? You know, and every, it, yeah. where's all this outrage coming from? And I just don't see why everybody's so freaked out when it's clear the percentage of people that really, truly care about the U.S. Open Cup, or at least claim to this week, probably haven't even been to a U.S. Open Cup game. Well, if, if you paid attention to Don Garber the last couple of years, he's been talking about this for a while, and he's said things like. The cup doesn't work for us. It's like nobody goes, nobody watches. We don't get anything out of it. It's just a responsibility that people have loaded onto us and gets us nothing. I'm paraphrasing him. That's what he's been saying for two years. So like, I mean, they, I, and I get that. Been, they've been obviously been trying to get this to work in a certain way that they'll help that they think helps them, you know. Uh, and they obviously weren't getting it, so they're gonna now they're gonna go ham. And I'm, I'm sure that in the long run, they'll get something worked out and they'll figure out how to make it fit, you know. And it'll be it'll be better and. and Maybe it'll end up being basically the next pro teams wearing FC Dallas jerseys. I don't know. But this is just the opening salvo of a, what shouldn't take all that long, probably, because we only have till, you know, like when I think the, the MLS teams come in in April, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so you, you have a few months to get something sort of figured out before you push comes to shove. And U.S. soccer did deny their cl- claim. So at this point, MLS is kind of stuck having to do it. But, you know. Yeah, it's April when they first come in, probably, in most teams. Or it just makes May. me wonder if, if both sides of this aren't quietly in cahoots just trying to raise noise oh, and attention. Yeah. And Certainly. This, this has been the plan all along just to see what kind of reaction they would get out well, of it. Well, that would be amazing, but uh, yeah, could be. I, but you know what? It's not going to change how many people go to U.S. Open Cup games. No, there'll still be 100 people there. Right. Yeah. And I say that as somebody whose entire fandom of this sport is tied specifically to the, to the yeah. U.S. Open Cup, right? <laughs> I love Cup games. It's so fun to see them pl- play teams you don't know. It's there's nobody there but me. I love it. It's my favorite thing. But you know, everybody else doesn't feel that way. Yeah, I want them to go back to the uh, touring the college stadiums. That was always fun packing. Yeah, two thousand people in a place that holds two thousand. Yeah. rather than yeah, the games at SMU 20. were the, my favorite. Yeah, the one at TCU was a lot of fun. I did well. not make that one. I will admit. I was at the game at SMU that Dirk and um, uh, um, what's the Canadian player? Steve Nash. Steve Nash showed up for. Yeah. And that was the day I learned Steve Nash is actually a giant. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. He's just not as giant as Dirk. Yeah. Peter, you gotta throw down, dude. You were at the Ooey Pooey U.S. Open Cup 1997 Championship that that yes. Burn won. That's yeah, your I, that's your game. You were at that. That's that's right. I lied to my employer to manipulate my business travel to Indianapolis so that I could be there that farting frigid evening and almost broke in Indianapolis, up. and then run around like an idiot with the flag when we won or not we the club won uh, their first trophy. Yes, so. Well, I'm sure it'll all work out just fine. Yeah. 
Dan, you have anything else ranting about this you'd like to get off your chest, sir? Uh, not not for uh, public consumption. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. I bet not. Very good. Uh, the other big news of the day. So, Buzz, do you want to run in the order of this or of, sure. the, of the run sheet, or do you want yeah. to jump? All right. So no, the, the, the other big news today is that I think – uh, quietly, the social media director for FC Dallas has blessed us with evidence that the night or the upcoming home kit reveal is going to be the dream kit of this podcast of the blue and red hoops. Is that how you took that? I, you know, if I'm just being uh, hopeful yeah. and uh, thinking, boy, that would be the most awesome Easter egg of all time. Is in the in the video of their schedule announcement for FC Dallas. There's a video. It's a, like a Minecraft video game playing while some of the players are reading the schedule, and the character, the Minecraft character, at least part of the video, is wearing a blue, a navy blue and red hooped shirt. Is that the greatest Easter egg <laughs> kit nerd thing we could possibly imagine? I hope so. I just took it as Minecraft is like eight bit video and you can only draw a hoop so much. So in so many ways, and it, and that's it's a not conspiratorial enough. Buzz. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm with you. I had never even thought of it as a tease that then we're getting the dream kit. Uh, I'm excited now that you said that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. What do you think, Dan? Uh, exactly what Buzz says. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan just tried to draw the current Jersey as oh. best as possible mm. in big blocky. I mean, that is one, pixel hoops so well i didn't hear what dan just said peter i'm with you i think it's a teaser both that we're getting of you the for great... ruining my dream i'm oh, sorry <laughs> uh, i'm with you that's, humbug. That's, that is the dream yeah uh, but no if they, if they if they tried to drop it like that, that was wait a second does is anybody got the video handy because what color shorts is that character wearing? it's not white i know well, that. There's, oh. a, there's actually a still of it yeah it's what blue there's a still of it oh okay all right uh well anyway so the schedule got dropped today and buzz uh you probably paid way more attention to this than <laughs> i did so go ahead and throw it out there well i'm, I'm mostly going to give you some of the interesting sort of tidbits about it i mean a schedule is a schedule right so let's just talk about the the stuff that matters um interestingly that the whole league is starting on february 21st which is the earliest they've ever started and MLS Cup is December seventh. Be so cold. <laughs> yeah, and MLS Cup is December seventh. So like that's a, that's a almost like the the real like schedule. That's a, that's only like two months off now. You know, depending on whether you're a playoff team or not. Uh, so that's that's better. That's good. That's stretching it out. Um, there's seven drone shows at Toyota Stadium this year, which is incredible. That's not counting July fourth. July fourth game is against Portland, but it's fireworks. A show like traditionally, and you're just getting drone shows for these seven other games, which is crazy that there's that many of them. I, I think that's almost too many, but um, you know, they're fun, so whatever, that's fine. Dallas uh, plays Austin three times. That's the team they get. You play everybody in your conference twice, and then you can get one or two other teams that you play uh, an extra time, and they've chose to give an Austin to Dallas that they do not play Houston an extra time, just two against Houston, but three against Austin. The Eastern Conference teams they got are Montreal, Red Bull, Toronto FC, FC Cincinnati, New England, D.C., and Orlando City. As we predicted, 
no Inter-Miami because they've played Inter-Miami two straight years. So that was almost a foregone conclusion that was going to happen. But it is nice to see um, Oscar coming back to uh, Dallas. That'll be fun with like four games left in the season. Um, and then the decision day, the last name of the year, the day that's like the nastiest day of the year is against Sporting Kansas City, which is, of course, a nasty, nasty uh, game always. Um, they would love nothing more than to knock a team out one way or the other. Both clubs would. So, um, And then League's Cup, if you're into that, is the, is the, the time off for it is July 21st to August 23rd, which is basically a month. So that gap is still exists. League's Cup is back. And I actually enjoyed League's Cup last year, so I'm okay with that. And then the, the home away is pretty balanced. Nothing to complain about there. 26 games on Saturday and only five, uh, six games during the week, one of which is the July 4th game, which is on a Thursday. So you see they've left lots of those midweeks open, like I talked about, to fit in things like an open copy that they have to play it. So, you know, not because they've the whole, the whole, this, this whole take of like MLS did this because of fixture congestion was a load of crap because they extended the season. And they have very few midweek games. So, like, that's how you know it's not about that, really. It's not about the young players. It's not about the congestion, going back to the Open Cup thing. It's about. So, you know, the, the schedule's up there. You can go look at it. There's some top, there's windows. Some of the FIFA windows they play in, some they don't. You can look and see which ones those are. Um, a bunch of games on Fox. 34 games on the Fox channels, which is good. Keeping those alive, as well as Apple TV. Um, my season ticket rep, hopefully I'm not breaking any news here, told me that we will get the, if you have a season ticket, you will get the Apple TV thing again. So that's cool. Hopefully he was right about that. That's um, been in that sales materials too. How's it? Okay, good. I didn't want to get in my trouble. And the uh, MLS will play through Copa America. So they're not taking off for that. So Oy vey. that's pretty everything. Pretty much everything on the schedule that's worth talking about through our podcast. If you wanted to drill down into it, you can go look at the podcast on the website. We've got it all on there, including the Open Cup, where it fits in, that kind of stuff. So. Any particular and obvious stretches of games that have you concerned or pleased or, or no, just not really? It's pretty balanced, actually. Like the stretch run in isn't too terrible. I mean, you got you know. It, Obviously, it's hard to tell because this team yeah. is so parody driven. This league is so parody driven. Yeah, you don't know how really teams that were crappy last year. I mean, Kansas City probably be awesome this year. They, yeah, I mean, back after the year they were, you know, it's, it just depends on how the standings even out. You know, you, you got you right before your stretch run, you do have LAFC and Orlando City back to back, but those are both in at home, so that's not that helps that a little bit. You know, you got FC Cincinnati earlier in the year at home here. Um, you, you got Montreal here. No one will care about that game. But you go to New York. I think New York. I think Dallas hasn't traveled to New York for a game in a long, long time um, at Red Bulls, and I think they go at New England too. So those are some pretty tough road trips. But um, you know, those are some teams and some site on at DC also. So some Upper East Coast, if you will, if you call DC Upper games that we haven't really seen in a long time for Dallas. So that's kind of different, a little bit interesting. So that's about it, really. Dan, did you see anything in here that jumped out at you? No, just uh, not getting Chicago sucks. And uh, it'd be nice if you're going to play three games for it to be Houston rather than Austin. But, you know, such is life. There's a cool little at the Galaxy at LAFC back to back, like May 29th, which is a Wednesday, June 1st, Saturday. So like if if you were a fan and were like, you know what, I'm going to go to L.A. for four days and see two games. I mean, you could swing that. That's kind of cool. But um, that's that's funish, I think. But that's about it, really. Uh, one one takeaway, that new Seattle logo just looks crap. You don't like it? No. Why? 
because it looks like a generic FIFA can't buy the license absolute trash thing. And they've changed the rave green to this weird shit color. Okay, I did notice the change in the color, but I didn't know if that was something, you know, miscalibrated in the video. Is the green different? Yeah. Have they officially been... changed the green? Yeah. Is it lighter or darker? Because it looks lighter in the video that I saw. It's uh, it's a lot lighter. It's um, it, it's kind of desaturated to a degree. When you see it next to Portland and Austin, it looks a bit minty. Almost. Even the blue is a bit more muted and not as electric as it used to be. I think they're, just, they're moving, away, moving away from that 80s look more for a contemporary look. We'll get used to it, I'm sure. Um, it was jarring when you see it the first time to me, but just looks like a step backwards like it's like roundels you know it's oh we're modernizing by making it crap i like to always mention at this time that <laughs> fc dallas officially has the oldest logo in the league that everybody else has rebranded or or refreshed their logo since dallas got their logo which is crazy to me well that is that is weird to think that that thing is now the uh, oldest version of a logo in the league yeah yeah. That is ridiculous. The, the Revs were, were the only original team left, and they redid their logo to that that scripted R looking. Yeah, thing. that's right. right. They were the last yeah. one, and so Dallas is the only well, the next oldest team, which is weird. You know, you you would say DC or whatever, but DC refreshed theirs like three or four times. You know, that's the thing is that like even some of the teams that have the same brand have upfreshed their brand and changed it, so it's not you know the Galaxy changed after FC Dallas. RSL. Toronto and the Red Bulls are kind of not too far, but I mean, a few, a couple of years, but not too far behind. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, Dan, if you were given the opportunity to refresh Dallas's crest, what would you change about it? I think FC Dallas has one of the better logos in, in the league. Um, I think if you were going to fully rebrand and go back to burn colors, that would be really cool. But uh, no, yeah, just a refresh of the just a refresh of the crest. Probably take the ninety six away or change the font of it. That's about it. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I actually think it's a pretty solid crest. I'm I'm glad that was when they used like design companies that specialize in things <laughs> and not like the uh, diabolical North Texas SC logo. <laughs> Well, that's why I asked if you were given the opportunity to do it, not if they were given the opportunity. Oh, and that, to uh, and that awful uh, addition they did for the twenty fifth anniversary of MLS, uh, which had uh, gridiron markings and three different fonts in, and all sorts of useless crap. Hmm. Okay. Well. Uh, by the way, thank you for posting the image of the character in the video because now I'm more convinced than ever that that is the greatest uh, kit, hint, Easter egg, Easter egg of all time. Yes. <laughs> and it's Do going to be a... that. It's going to be a red shirt with navy blue hoops on it. It's going to be, and if it's not, we riot. 
Yeah. The gentleman who uh, did the character listens to this podcast. And <laughs> he's giggling while listening now. <laughs> Steve Davis tuned out a little while ago. Yeah. That's right. Well, whoever yeah. that person is isn't giggling. They're, they're, they are fist pumping with the fact that they are proud of the fact that their Easter egg was discovered <laughs> by, uh, by the hardcore, <laughs> by the curious. Yeah, yeah. Are you saying you know that it's not going to be that, Dan? Is that what we're learning here in this episode? No, absolutely not. I just, uh, it it would be such a weird Easter egg to place to uh, have a simplified, almost identical FC Dallas jersey as a teaser of the new FC Dallas jersey. I'm just looking at this picture, and I'm sorry to go on about this because (laughs) this is a podcast, but I will point out that the person that created this went so far as to do a cutout in one of the blue horizontal stripes where the crest would go. I do see that. Yeah, you're right. Presumably (laughs) because that's just where you would put the crest because it's... I know, but if red. you were just if you were just you know goofing <laughs> off and making up a, a you know trying to replicate what you already have, you probably would have just put a bunch of blue lines on there. But no, this person went to the fine detail of eliminating the spot where the sweet club crest goes. I thought you were going to point out the silver trim on the shorts as a Easter egg. That's Tex Hooper's <laughs> legs. <laughs> He even went so far as to put Texas uh, Tex is a uh, little um, uh, uh, birthmark on his forehead. The, yeah, the, the flame, the birthmark. I see that. The backwards That's, L. Yeah, the backwards red L. He's a learner right. driver. Well, kudos to whoever created this for putting such a subtle Easter egg. I'm sorry we discovered it so quickly uh, and made so much noise about it. Yep. But I am coming after you if you fail me. <laughs> um all right so we've talked about the schedule anything else about the schedule no that's it that's not that all right dan do you want to rant about the schedule no uh, no not right now okay also this week boy it's been a busy week is the mls draft mm-hmm. took place and it appears this is where i get to say nice beaver yeah because Dallas drafted not one, but two. Or what do you put out by that? Dan? Wrong phrase to use there. Why? <laughs> they drafted two nice beavers. They did, actually. Uh, Peter's put out for beavers. <laughs> it's the greatest word in the English language. Yeah. It's, no, the fu- it's the funniest word in the English language. I'd the funny thing is, is that like they drafted two dudes from Oregon State and then a guy from SMU. It's like they only scouted one game. The, the, <laughs> the NCAA quarterfinal between Oregon State and SMU. It's like that they, was the only game they, they watched. And then they decided, yes, we will draft one of the defenders of yeah. the team that conceded seven goals. In yeah. Game. yeah, that's true. They did. What if we found out what if we find out in like 30 years that that version of the story is actually correct? Well, that'd be funny because they also drafted Seeky out of Oregon State. It's like that's the only school they scout, apparently. And they have outside to watch, of the Dallas Fort Worth area. Dallas Fort Worth area. Or, or the only skating they scouted this year was against SNU because it was right down the road. So they were like, oh, let's just do that one. That's the only team they ever scout, Oregon State. We're going to get a behind the no. scenes video in like 20 years of uh, <laughs> Nico and. Uh, um, What's his face sitting around having a beer? Tell me, remember that time we forgot about the draft and we decided just to go to a college game and draft people from the game we attended? 
The funny thing about Siki is that um, Nico actually watched the Oregon State to watch a different player, and then he came back and said, "Forget that guy. I want Siki." Yeah. So that's like, you know, they definitely Oregon State's been good for several years now, and they they're particularly very good this year. So it's not surprising that what became of the guy he really wanted. Yeah, I don't know. No, no. Siki Do we was even know who the? I don't oh. know who they were scouting. Oh. Uh, so, as every club does at the end of their draft, is they tout the people that they drafted and talk about how quickly they feel like they'll make an impact in the team, in yep. particular with Logan Farrington, yeah. a rather tall, lanky fellow who plays striker. Uh, I'm sure he's going to bang a bunch of goals in for the team this year. Well, here, let's talk about it in two ways. The first is the long-term project way, and then we'll talk about this season. So the important thing to understand here is that the MLS as a collective league thought so highly of, this, highly of this guy that he was one of the seniors they signed ahead of time. There were two of them this year. Like when they announced the Generation Adidas players, they always announce one or two or three or four seniors that they've signed in advance. And this was one of the two. So that's why FC Dallas aggressively traded up in the draft to try and get him because they, they think this guy is the uh, cat's meow, that he was the best player in the draft, basically, in their opinion. So I looked at the tape um, and I watched the, the highlight video that they circled around the internet of this guy scoring boatloads of goals. And he scored, you know, 30 goals in college. Um, he is a, a, a larger striker, as you mentioned. He's about 6'2". Um, he is not, however, a post-up nine. He moves a lot, which fits the Nico way. They like strikers that move. Like if you watch that video, you won't see him standing in the box waiting for crosses, even though he is – Capable of scoring a couple of headers because there are some headers in there. But what kind of music is in the background of his video? I don't. I mute that shit. I don't listen to that. No. There's um, a few different ones. You know, you got a bit of variety there. Yeah, I feel like you learn a lot about a player when you see what kind of music they allowed to be posted as well, uh, to their video. I don't think he made this. I'm sure some agency made it for him. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, he scores goals with both feet. He is a pretty uh, good finisher. Very clinical. Can shoot from range and shoots in close. He does combine well because he has like seven assists this year on top of his goals. So again, he plays a movement-based combination kind of striker, which is, fits the system. So if you're if you're FC Dallas, this guy really is very much exactly the kind of player that the current coach likes. My only reservation from watching the tape is that when the, the guys, when he got picked, they were like, oh, this guy's fast. I watched the tape and I don't see fast. He doesn't run by anybody. He's faster than Jesus Jimenez, but he's not... <laughs> You know, like I don't see Dan is faster than Jesus Jimenez. I watched that package. I'm like, I don't see fast at all. What are you talking about? You know, I saw a really good player, but I don't see a fast player. So like there's a little bit something about the way he runs that I find slightly off putting. He's a bit lumbering. And so I worry about that because this is a very, very physical and fast league, but he is a big kid. And, you know, if, if, so let's talk about that, that gives you an idea that maybe they might like him for a guy that can develop. Um, but let's talk about this season specifically because they mentioned that like he might be impactful this season. So I was thinking about that. And if you want to think about how you're building a team, and if you look at the way Dallas is constructed now, they do have Jesus Jimenez on the roster who none of us want to have around here. But what role does he currently fill? The way they try to use him, I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm saying that the way they try to use him is they bring him in to play next to Jesus sometimes in a two-striker system. They bring him in to um, against a low block, maybe to go in there and try and fire some balls in to him because he's a little bit taller. Uh, this guy's even taller than that. He does come in late in games now. Jesus Jimenez is what we're talking about. So, okay, can I foresee this guy 
in a pure 2024 roster terms, if Jesus is starting the bulk of the games, can I see this guy as the dude that comes in to give me a two-striker system? Does he come in when I want to play against a low block and go down there and post up a little bit and fire some balls in? Does he combine and move well? Yeah, that's true. He does all those things. So you can see in the roster build terms, this pick makes a whole lot of sense if you're buying out Jimenez. If you're not buying out Jimenez, then it doesn't, I don't know what you're doing. That's some different conversation. But um, you can see how there's a role for this guy in the way the team works because he is a different player than Jose Mulata, for example, who they already have on the roster, or the other draft picks they have, or other guys like Eugene Nansa or uh, Tariq Scott or like that. So that's how his role will fit in the upcoming season. And we'll see how good he is when he gets here. Because I always judge people when they see him in person. It doesn't matter what the tape really looks like. It's, it's hard, right? Because we're watching clips and – you know, you're seeing things like, oh, he's got a really nice left foot on him, uh, you know, for a righty. Um, seemed really good against one-on-one defending. Had that, you know, maybe not rapid run-down people pace, but kind of like in the same way they like to play that ball over the top and have Jesus or someone like an Obreon uh, or Kumungo kind of just peel away. He had that separation speed. Um, but it's against... NCAA defenders, not exactly yeah. MLS pros. Time, space, speed is different. Yep. So a couple of things. Uh, is it not possible that even if they don't buy out Jimenez, the reason why you draft this guy is because you need somebody that can actually score and run and cover ground, even if Jimenez is still on the roster? Certainly, certainly. But um, yeah, you know, at this point, we have to think Jimenez is worthless, right? So you almost can't include him in your plans. And so this guy fits in the plan in terms of the way this coach constructs his roster. So you can see the niche. You can see why it works and see why I want him. You know, no, if you don't buy out Jimenez, you begin to get into questions about cap and roster size because you, you have to understand, I think it's important to understand, that when I told you guys, and I, and I should have said this at the time, that MLS signed him in advance – that like 99% sure means that he's probably going to be on the senior roster. That means he's not going to be cheap. You know, that means that they had to pay a little bit more to get him. Now, universally, like all the comments I see, like this guy's like the star in college. He's one of the best players out there, biggest upsides and all that stuff. I, I always want to wait to see him before I can agree with that or not. But, you know, there, there definitely is a way that you could see him be impactful this season. All right. So this leads me. Well, first off, and I'm sorry if you've already said this, where is he from? Wisconsin. And what club was he playing for? For uh, he originally Bavarians, he, Bavarians in high school, and he scored like a hundred goals or something in high school, and then he played for um, University of Wisconsin. Um, gosh, damn, which one was it? Milwaukee, ah, um, okay. and then transferred to Oregon State for his senior year. Um, but he was, you know, he, he he's been a all conference player at both places. He was the conference offensive player of the year for any youth national activity. No, 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 none of that. So he's not on that radar to player of the year too with uh, Ventura County. That's right. That's right. He won the championship with them joint top scorer this season. He, he is half English. He's one of his parents is English and one's American. So he was born in the United States. He's American. But he has obviously a little bit. Good day, mate. English. No, that's Australian. Oh, sorry. Or dude. So, uh, I, you know, obviously, I don't think – somebody asked me, is this the 15 goals they're missing? No, of course it isn't. But it can be a positive piece, I think, for the team. Do you – all right, so, Buzz, this is what anybody listening to this podcast really yeah. only cares about. Do you like the pick? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, God, I'm, I love you, Buzz. <laughs> I'm willing to concede that I could be entirely wrong, but um, I, I would have liked to see them – 
get the very best center back on the table, um, particularly a left center back. There was a kid out of Washington I quite liked the look of. Or what they could have done, what um, somebody else, like the, the center back I wanted the most was the guy that was an Atlanta United homegrown, and Atlanta United signed him as a homegrown. And then a week later they traded him for a bunch of gam. I would have rather have them do that. That That's the player I wanted was because like a, a college for a college 10 or nine or playmaker to, to actually make it. That's where teams spend crazy money. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. this is the other part of this that we haven't discussed, at least um, unless yeah. I just wasn't paying attention is that Dallas didn't just draft this guy. They moved up to get him and gave up what? 300 grand and yeah. damn to get him 300. Which, well, yeah. Which seems like an incredibly large amount of money for a kid. No. I mean, for a draft pick. No, it's not. That's, that's actually appropriate to move up. Okay. Uh, that far. Remember, they got 600 for Edwin. So, you know, 300 to move up to that pick is actually appropriate if you look at old picks. But that is a, you know, an investment that you're putting into the kid on top of what you're actually going to have to pay him. I mean, they definitely really are fired up for him. So, so in terms of your uh, level of um, how you feel about this, is, is part of the reason why you don't like the pick is just because it was a striker to begin with or the fact that yeah. they actually moved up to get him? No, I don't mind moving up. I'm moving up is fine for me because anything past the first five or six, it's a crapshoot. So I'm on, I'm on board if you love a player to go up to and you think he's the, the cat's meow. And, and by MLS signing him, obviously a lot of people really wanted this guy. So I'm okay with that. I just would have liked the best center back available because center back is a place where you can get Nikosi Tafari, you can get Matt Hedges, you can get you know MLS best level players. And there, and there probably was a guy in the pool somewhere that, or even the guy that was a homegrown that could have been that. So that's mm -hmm. part of it. And then also when I watched the tape, I, I hate to say this off of a tape because I really want to see him, but honestly, the way he runs bothers me a little bit. Um, it's a little heavy footed in my opinion. Now, Graziani had a funny run. He did. He did. And there, and there are other players that are world-class players that have funny runs. So I'm not, I'm not saying that that's like, Oh, this guy's going to suck. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like, I'm not like, Goo goo gaga crazy about this pick. I have because of the position and and uh, you remember when we, when they drafted Bartlett, we were like, man, great pick, except for he's twenty six. That's a problem. So this is the same thing. Like if you lay out on paper what FC Dallas plays like, and you look at the sky, there's a lot of fit there, and everyone's raving about him. Okay, that all sounds awesome. I wanted a center back, and then I watch him run, and I don't. I'm like, I don't. I don't see like a smooth, athletic. Like dominant, I see a guy kind of lumbering around and knocking people over and scoring. You know, I, 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 am gonna be if I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying he's bad. You just asked me if I love the pick. I don't love the pick. Okay. I just. I'm okay. I'm. I'm just sort of meh on it. You don't pick. have to defend yourself. Yeah. Well, no, I do. I. I have to explain it all. You're the context. You're the matters. expert. No, you know, not not anymore. Not in college. And I haven't seen him in person. I'm gonna uh, ask me when I see him in camp again what I think of him, and I'll tell you. But. Good thing, and I said Cobra was dog shit for, and he was for eight months, and then he wasn't. So, uh, on the plus side, there's been a few people who, you know, kind of rooted in the college game who said that uh, he's better than Duncan Maguire was last year, and he went and scored 13 goals for yeah. Orlando. So, you know, if they can turn it around into something good, or hey, get to the end of the first year, and maybe he looks promising, but not quite what FC Dallas needs, they can flip him. Well. I mean, if this guy's that good, then you're looking at a shift to a four four two or putting Jesus at wing. If he's that good, um, we'll find out, right? Well, if they can't create the opportunities, it doesn't make any difference if mm -hmm. they've got Lewandowski yeah. up there, 
you know, you gotta they gotta create yeah. the opportunities first. Yeah. All right, round two. Uh, when you can draft one beaver, why not draft two beavers? Turner yeah. Humphrey from Oregon His name State. is backwards. It's, it should be Humphrey Turner. He's <laughs> got a surname as a first name and a last name. As a, yeah, and the first name is a last name. All right, so anything past the first round, you're drafting for North Texas, really. Um, this guy is a little bit of a project. Um, if you look at um, – just look at his resume, you don't see a lot of – uh, awards or acknowledgements or it's a little bit of a late developer. But then I watched the little videotape they put for him out there. And I like that one way better because it reminded me of Nikosi Tafare. He's a very rangy athletic looking center back, but super raw. Doesn't really seem to know like defensively necessarily hundred percent what he's doing yet, but he's aggressive like Nikosi. He, he goes at people defensively. He tries to cut them ball off and he attempts these dribbles and passes out of the back. They got him. He's six, four, he plays yeah. both. He plays both inside center back and was either at like a, a right center back in a back three or even right back. It's hard to tell in a five second clips, but um, he reminded me a lot of Nikosi Tafari. Uh, the the tape that they had of Nikosi Tafari. Now I don't think he's does as he have good a nose as, ring? Uh, I can't tell that detail from no. a videotape. Okay. Um, you know the style of play is that same style of play. So I think again he fits the system. I think he's not as polished as Nikosi was, which you might think is crazy, but because um, Nikosi wasn't exactly highly polished, but this guy's just about as raw. But he played every game for like one of the best teams in the NCAAs this year. So, you know, there's some talent here for sure. Dallas was super excited that he fell to them in the second round. But I think you can make no mistake. There's like, if you look at the, when, when I get into the roster building, you see there's there may be is room for him on the first team, but I seriously doubt it. He's almost certainly going to have to take a North Texas deal and play a year in North Texas. So really, these last two picks are for North Texas as much as anything right now. He's a project, definitely. And where is he from originally? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Let me let me click on the link and maybe Dan, did you watch the tape on him at all? No, I didn't. He's from Redlands, California. There uh, you go, California kid. All right. Yeah, I should remember that because he played for UC Davis some too. Um, so, you know, he's definitely a California kid for sure. All right. And that takes us to round three from the SMU product, Mads Westergren. Yeah. Now Mads is a player that for people around here will know he's been a starter for SMU for quite a while. I, I did not watch him this year, but I've watched him in previous years. He's is a, he a Dallas kid. No, he's, he's from Denmark. He's not even an American, which oh. is why he's available this late in the draft. If, if you compare his resume, for example, to Humphrey that they picked in the round before, you'll see what I mean. This kid is the conference defender of the year. He was an all-conference player like every single year. He was a Harvard Trophy semifinalist. He was oh, a wow. first-team All-American this year. Like This is a hallmark super resume player. But when you look at the tape, he's not going to – if you if you watch SME play, if you look at the tape of him, he's not rangy like Dallas seems to like. He's more of a stay home, you know, keep it simple kind of defender, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, but but the thing is when you're when you're picking in the third round, you're for sure picking for North Texas. And there are honestly there are teams that have in the past that have passed on picks in this round because they don't want to pay for the hotel room to bring the guy in <laughs> to train. That's how much of a long shot the third round is. So this kid's from down the street. They've seen him play for a couple of years. Basically they were like we picked him. We're going to bring him in and see how he looks against our pros, right? They're kind of they don't. There was not like a yay, we got this guy kind of. Plus, vibe. he's an international, right? Is, right. That's the fact. He's from Denmark. He played for Bromby when he was a youth. You know, so there is something there. But like, uh, do you have the space for an international player? 
Is that really worth investing in? Does he really have the rangy kind of athletic game you're looking for? Uh, there is something to be said for having a sort of a stay-at-home conservative defender when you have your Nikosis or if this other kid ends up making it. I'm not saying that he's not good. He probably is good, but there's a reason why he was in the third round. You know, and, and so I would not put a whole lot of expectations. If he sticks around and chooses to play here, he'll probably play a whole lot of games for North Texas next year, and we'll see if he's actually any good. Okay. So it dawned on me um, as we were sitting here talking about this, could we do a quick review of Zanata's history in the MLS draft? Well, Zanata doesn't have much to do with it. Well, um, who is it that is responsible for that? Well, up then? until why... now, it was Marco Ferruzzi. Ah, okay. And before, you know, but Marco's spot has seemed to have been filled by John Gall, who's the head of um, North Texas. He seems to have filled that role in terms of coaching. Uh, you know, when, when, when Garrett Melser did a preview sort of story, there was a bunch of quotes from him in there about you know, how they're going to look at the draft and this kind of thing and that kind of thing. And again, everything after the first round is more for North Texas. So like in the draft room, they have Denny, who's the North Texas GM, and then, and then John Gall sitting there, and their head scout is sitting there, and Zanata sitting there, and like um, Nico wasn't even here in there. And Nico was over in Europe, I think, still, so he's probably on a Zoom or something. But, you know, it's it's not – you know, John Gall took over recently in that role, probably. So it's, they have they have a scouting department that would have done all that. Zanata has very little to do with the draft. I mean, I'm sure he's there, and I'm sure he goes, yeah, okay, let's pick that guy. But I'm, I doubt he's saying who they're picking. Well, then let's just review it as a club over the last few years. Who is the standout draft pick that we can that I'm not thinking of? Is there one in the last two or three years? Well, Nikosi. Okay. Um, and then Siki. That's where, really where was Nikosi drafted? Was he a first round draft? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Bartlett's still in the league, even though he didn't work out here because he's the wrong kind of player, but he's still in MLS, you know. So um, the, the thing about the draft is there really isn't a chance to be a game breaking player anymore. You know, you, if you really get lucky and hit it, you can do something crazy and you get a crazy player. But like the fact that Dallas never has really hammered it, it doesn't hit it out of the park year after year after year is not surprising. You know, the fact, if you can get a Matt Hedges and a Nikosi in a decade, that's pretty damn good. You know, I mean, Ryan Hollingshead was drafted. Right. So Marco, Marco Farfan was not, he's a homegrown, but, um, Someone probably drafted Sam Junka at one point. You know, he's not from not here, but uh, probably one to think about is Parker from last year. That uh, you know, you obviously two years were, ago, yeah, two years ago. Sorry, you were really, really high on him, and we've not seen anything from him. Yeah, that's a that's a disconnect with the coaching staff from the kind of player he is. That's a pick where Nico had just arrived. He'd literally been here, you know, like three weeks, and that included Christmas. So it's like I don't think he had anything to do with that. That was the player that they used to like, which is the converting a wing to an outside back. They don't they don't do that anymore. Mm. There's, there's no Reynolds here. There's no Reggie Cannon here. You know, Emma was that, but that was a long time ago. Now, you know, then they want defensive first guys. So like they'd rather play, you know, Corsa at right back than they would play, you know, Colin Smith. Same thing, right? Gone. Mm -hmm. We are converting to outside back. They don't they don't like that now. So, you know. Parker's cost them nothing because he's a GA, but he was one of the most talented, like pure soccer skill players I've seen come out of the academy. For a freshman, I'm sorry, Kyle out of college, for a freshman, his his skills were phenomenal, but he doesn't know how to play defense. And I think he tries too hard and he has this red card problem when he's here. He's trying to make a make a prove himself and he overdoes it, you know. So they just need to trade him. It's just not And Dallas uh, signed a homegrown again for the umpteenth time. 
Well, they did. This is important to bring up now because it, effectively they they stole a draft pick. This is a senior in college homegrown signing. So this is like Eddie Munjoma or Jordan Cano out of you know SMU, where you sign a guy rather than let him go into the draft pool. So he's Tark Scott's older brother, Malik Henry Scott. Um, he came out of the academy. He was a, a at Tulsa for four years and scored a boatload of goals at Tulsa. Yeah, actually more than the, the kid Farrington scored in college. But he's a um, very athletic um, player. He has the best body control I've ever seen in the academy. Just about. Um, he's probably going to be you know he's a nine or a winger, but a bit of a project. He's a bit you know raw like like a Dom Arduro kind of rawness to him, his game. So he's not as refined as his brother, who's a more natural goal scorer, Tarek is. Malik's more of a grinder. But, um, you know, still something worth looking into. I, it's a player that I was really excited that I was like, oh, I want them to grab him for North Texas. And they went ahead and signed him as a homegrown. But he has that um, – you know that the what I said about him being like a, just stealing a draft pick because the deal he has is a one – and one year deal, and then a bunch of options. So it's it's when like Nicosi had when they picked him, or it's like these homegrown signs that our seniors always get one plus one plus one plus one. So mm-hmm. short chance to prove himself, but I think it's great. It's, it's a guy that I was like, oh, pick him in the third round. Well, they said they just signed him, got him out of the way early, so fine. Okay, it's a good move, actually. And where was he at college? Tulsa. At Tulsa. All Tulsa. Right. Yeah, and he, he's got some conference nods here and there. He got hurt a couple of times, which is a little bit of a knockback. But um, if you can get him healthy, he actually is a. Uh, you know, the kind of raw athlete that is a good project player to try and develop at something like North Texas. He's 22, so short short window, but you never never know. And the other thing, Buzz, that happened since the last time we talked is you posted on social media that you're hearing something about Julian Eyestone's situation. Yeah, just that it's not going well. Um, it's negative. Um in terms of Dallas negotiating, him. yeah. In terms of FC Dallas, right. Not in terms of his future. In terms of FC Dallas, and everything I'm getting is domestic, so I, I don't know anything about where he might be going instead. But um, you know, I, I know that he is actually still talking to them. That nothing is finalized um, from the people that are giving me this information. But you know, I've had multiple people now telling me that it's not happening. It's not going well. But I don't think it's 100% over. I think it's you know, there's still some. There's still some movement, you know, still some talking going on, but it's not looking super good for FC Dallas. The kid is just, remember, like we, we talked in the pod before, Peter, how the homegrown deals have these defined salary structure, right? Yeah. And in the end, I think, I just think they're not going to be able, I think Dallas is not going to be able to compete when you have a, this is like, it's not the same as Weston, but it's close to the same as Weston, where once the foreign teams come in with the money, and the opportunity, it's like you're so not going to be able to keep So this wouldn't be that. like a U at like he get a better offer to go play in USL Championship oh, or something hell no. like that. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. This kid is way too good for that. So if he's not signing with Dallas, he's clearly signing somewhere outside of the country. Uh, well, it's I suppose like, where it's else possible. could he go? Well, another MLS team could come in and and for some reason have something better. I don't, you know, it's hard to imagine that because of the way the leagues are, the deals are structured. But theoretically. Somebody could be like, oh, Dallas, we'll give you a million for his homegrown rights or something. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's super likely, but I just wanted to say that because it is theoretically possible. But it's 99% that um, this is falling apart because he's got something better from a team outside the United States. Well, I just find this part of the whole business model for Dallas and, frankly, for any MLS club fascinating just because you go through all of this hassle to grow this talent yeah. And yet you end up in this situation where you may end up getting absolutely nothing for them. 
and you're fighting against the lifted skirt and yeah. and perfume of playing for you know a Euro a club in Europe. Like I can't imagine being an 18 year old kid, and your choices are stay at home and be the third keeper in Frisco. Or go somewhere overseas yeah. exotic and get paid probably more money and live overseas. I mean, that just seems you know, like the obvious choice to me. Yeah, it's tough when you, the kids know that at 18 that are this caliber of player. And there have been others, like Jogo was the same caliber thing. Weston? Weston. Um, silly enough with Weston, um, what I've been told, what my understanding is, is that Dallas was going to let him go to college like Reggie. Which was their mistake because that's when Shaka came in. We turned eighteen, and then by then they were they were out before they even knew they were in it. They were out. Dallas right. was right. Um, but these kids that know that there's and you'll believe me, the European teams tell them early. So if they're this talented, they know. You know, like for example, I know that there was a European scout to came, that came to some one of the big MLS tournaments to scout two players, Julian and one other guy. Um, so they, these kids know early what kind of talent caliber they are, and what kind of conversation they're in. And so you have some of them like Jogo, for example, who was like, okay, Dallas, if you want to sign me, I'll sign for a couple of years, but I'm going to be free at 18 because that's when the money's going to come and I'm going to go. You know, and they were like, well, we want you past that. So he's like, okay, then never mind. And then you have other kids like Julian who may or may not have been interested in the money in terms of being in high school. And he was happy to stay here with a really amazing goalkeeper coach like Drew Keyshawn and his relatively um, – smart background that got him a ride at Duke, which is hard to turn down if you're not pretty damn smart, you know, so accelerated his own graduation so that he could do that and still do that before he turned 18, you know? And so he still was free. So it's hard to compete with all that. Cause like you can't, how do you offer a 16 year old kid something that's worth more than a Duke ride or a Duke education or worth, worth what he's going to get when he does turn 18 and goes to Europe. It's mm -hmm. really impossible. It's really difficult for these high end guys you know, that's why it's so important for them. Dallas is a club to emphasize that we will sell you. If you're peppy, we will sell you for 20 million, you know? So it is possible to get them. You just have to really work on them from the early get go and make sure they understand the system. If and he doesn't, if, if he doesn't sign with Dallas, what is the resolution in terms of a third keeper and North Texas? Oh, um, well, North Texas signed a keeper way before this. So they had a guy, Okay. Um, and they also have a kid in the academy whose name is Nico Montoya, who's the next guy being groomed. I assume that he'll be the bench guy. Um, if, if Julian doesn't come, he'll be the bench guy with this other dude starting the games who's an 18-year-old guy from uh, Gremio. I think that's where they got him from. So those two guys will play the games in, in North Texas. Um, the first team, it would mean if they don't get Julian, it means they have to go get a keeper. And I think as we've said all along, likely they would just call back Jimmy Maurer and be like, hey, come back. Be the third guy, you know. You want to come back for two hundred thousand dollars and and hang out and start your coaching career or whatever, you know. I'll and do if, that. Yeah, I mean, or if not, they'll just have to go out and find somebody. You know, there's plenty of keepers out there, I'm sure. But, okay. Um, yeah, there, there is one guy out of the academy that's available that I think would be worth a shot if Julian passes, and that's a guy named Michael Colodi. He went to Columbia um, for five years, but was a grad student by the time he left. He's a very good shop stopper. Like you, if you if you pay attention around here, you would have seen him in the Roja League and stuff like that. He's only six feet tall, but he's a good shot stopping, strong, very intelligent, very good leader. If you needed a keeper, 
Uh, I wouldn't mind a shot at him. Now, his numbers at Columbia aren't very good, but that's because Columbia is terrible. That's not his fault that his, his goals against is not great. His save percentage is quite high versus his lower goals against, bad goals against because Columbia gets shelled all the time. But um, that's just a name I want to throw out there. Is like I don't even know if he wants to play soccer. Technically, he was in last year's draft, and nobody picked him even though he was going back to school. Once you're in a draft, you can't come back in a draft. So he wasn't in this year's draft, so he's mm-hmm. out there as a free agent. And he's come back and played – Around here, played for, you know, been in SC Dallas training every once in a while, played, you know, various scrimmage games and stuff. So they know him and he have kept an eye on him. And he's worth a shout if they miss on ice zone in terms of, you know, North Texas or something. Okay. Maybe not SC Dallas right now, but maybe North Texas if he was interested. Uh, let's see. So we've done through that. So where, so I guess the thing that I'm annoyed by, Buzz, and I, yeah. and is the fact that all of these moves that we've seen for the club, uh, in terms of signings, have all been pretty um, low grade yeah. and not very exciting. Now, if I'm if I step away from it and look at all of this from a macro level, I don't think there's any team in Major League Soccer that so far has made any more any really significant move that that I can think of off the top of my head. Like Gressel yeah. going to Miami, I saw the other day is a likely thing to happen, and that seems like a pretty significant move. Uh, for both him and Miami, the idea that he's going to Miami also makes me laugh. Um, but it is that point of the year where we're all just going to have to be patient because until the window opens, yeah, you're probably not going to see any anything. We're not going to get a really clear idea right. of what their ambition is since that's the thing we've been talking about the last few weeks. Yeah, that's correct. Right now, you're seeing MLS free agents move, and there have been a couple. You know, so if Dallas was after some of those, they could have done one of those. Uh, and you're seeing MLS transfers that happen where the team that he was with before are happy to say, yes, you can go ahead and do the deal. Maybe we'll let you out a month early. So like Forsberg with Red Bull, because I think that's even an inside the organization kind of move. You know, you're seeing some, but you're correct that the window doesn't open until January. I don't know when it is. I haven't looked, but it'll be in January sometime. And that's when you can actually do transfers. Now, if a player is out of contract already, you know, maybe that could happen, but, um, you know, this is mid season for the European and, and most South American clubs, for example. So it's like, you're probably not going to get moves until actually in January. Um, in terms of the bigger roster, big picture, you're right that like, they're only doing a lot of filler moves. And if you're counting the number of players they have, not including some of these draft picks, um, there really is not a lot of room left. There's room for the one center back. We think is coming, Right. And then they need a backup center back. So maybe one of those draft picks could make that backup center back spot. And then they need a third keeper and that's it. Like they do those three things. The roster is basically full. So after that, God, that'd be so depressing. All right. So, I mean, you can clearly see a window. Like if you sign a center back in January, maybe one of these picks makes it as a, as a fifth center back. And then you go get a third keeper. You're done. That's your roster done. Oh. So at that point you're like, okay, where's the ambition? Do you buy out Jimenez or not? Do you sell a player that we've seen these rumors about so-and-so was after this guy or that guy, like, like, um, uh, Ariola. Uh, Ariola. Yeah. Sorry. Ariola Liga MX. Or is there some young player that maybe is in hot demand? Cause remember they have, they're, they're carrying Velasco, uh, and they're carrying Giovanni hurt. So those, those extra guys are still here on the roster. Right. So there really is, other than the other than the center back, a backup center back, and a third keeper. That's it. They're done. So then you have to get into questions of doing something to make room if you're going to have an ambition. So we're going to get through Christmas probably 
with the one sort of center back we out there floating that we think they're going to need after getting rid of Jesus Martinez. And then it's like, at that point, it's like, okay, what are you going to do? Is this it? Is this all there really is? And we're going to spend January, the first half of January, maybe even the back half of January after camp opens, waiting to see what they do. And it's entirely possible that that's it, that it's just those two or three pieces and they're done. Merry Christmas, curious. I'm sorry, but that's true. I mean, it's like there's a whole lot of counting on Legette and Areola returning to form and Mm -hmm. Jesus being healthy, Paxson being healthy. You know, there's a lot of that happening here if they don't do some things. You know, because everyone keeps pointing at Miami. How come Miami can do all this stuff and Dallas doesn't? Because they don't. Miami cuts dudes, buys guys out, trades guys off. Dallas is not doing that. That we can see. You know, they need to do those things to get better or they're just going to stand pat. So we, we wait. We hope they're going to do that and try and get better. But right now they're not. I feel like we need comic relief now in yeah. this episode. So, Dan, I'm going to ask you to say in your best English tilt the word beaver. <laughs> Flappy-tailed, furry, toothy thing. Nice. Which, which is called a... <laughs> He's not going to say it. I just said it. No, come on. Entertain me. Well, no, maybe we have a different name for it. What do you... <laughs> Yeah, you you call them pants. We call them trousers. <laughs> we um, call them cigarettes. Woodchucks. Woodchucks is they say. <laughs> All right. I don't know. We I, call you know, it tin foil. I um, know that's a big downer, Peter. But it's like you know that we we need to see some evidence that they're attempting yes, to do some of these yes, things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We've uh, they've, they've been signing kids into homegrown yeah. deals and this and that and the other, and we yet to see an impact player. Yeah. Uh, signed to the club. I mean. Yeah. They they've done they've done the the basic simple bottom of the roster business that you needed to do. They've done that. Fine, that's good. So Yes, and I'm not trying to yeah. be negative. I'm just trying to remind everybody, be patient. The time for them to yes. sign, a, you know, to make their move and show their ambition is not now. If they're going to be ambitious, it'll happen next year. Yeah. Remember, January. the windows are about incoming players. So, like, if a player is currently with another team, you cannot buy him until the window opens here, which will be sometime in January. So it's not a surprise that we haven't seen anything if that's their move. If, if they're going to sign a free agent, they could have done that. If they're going to trade somebody, they could have done that. So you, if you want to sell somebody, you can do that. You can sell somebody as soon as the windows where you're going are open. And that could be, and there's literally hundreds of them. You know, so like like in terms of Paul and League MX, I don't know when the League MX window is. You know, I don't, I don't know when the European, you know, um, like if you're going to sell a guy to Europe I don't, or sell a guy to South America, I don't know when those windows are because it's always about the incoming window. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, for sure, if you want the impact moves to happen, you're going to have to wait, it seems, till January. So nobody panic, but that is the big question. It's like they have, they've done the basic stuff. They have not done anything impactful yet, and so we're waiting. There'll be lots of waiting, twiddling our thumbs. Okay. And to end this particular episode, two things. One, Dan, 4-0 advanced to the U.S. Open Cup. Am I reading that correctly? Uh, no. Uh, well, they, they already... Have. They already had. It's the uh, UPSL uh, national playoffs. They're kind of into the. They're out ah. of the Texas phase, and they're now into actual uh, the the national bracket. Now they're waiting for uh, a couple of other Texas teams to play a game this evening. Um, 
yeah, they're uh, they're kind of well on their way. Uh, they could match up potentially with Columbus Crew's development team. Uh, they're the first team through to the final four. Although, Is it uh, Tommy on that team? No, that's a different team. Tommy's on no, Columbus like, Crew too. Under nineteen, sort of. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, Dan was talking about a team like the FC Dallas Academy team that plays in an UPSL. No, no, no. I, he said Columbus, Columbus. Cruz. Yes, uh, Columbus's uh, team, like the FC Dallas Academy team that plays ah, in UPSL. I see. Okay, I yeah. understand. That, Sorry. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. And then the what was the other thing I was going to ask? Oh, Dan. Yes. So right. knowing that we got this uh, new kit Easter egg, when can we start <laughs> um, getting mock-ups of what we think the jersey's going to – I mean, although we actually know now because we got the Easter egg, but let's just set that aside. When will we get the official Dan Crook mock-ups uh, of next year's kit reveal? Like, I'm ready for this to start being a thing. Uh, well, that's that's normally something for the new year, so 2024. Are you cooking on it already? Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things in mind. The uh, the cocktails and cleats thing, I think, is January 15th, so that's when the real thing will be out, so it'll be before that. Oh, so what, the, the actual jersey will be out mm-hmm. for cocktails and cleats? I think so. That's when they usually that's do That's normally it. the actual so. reveal. Okay. All yep. right. Well, don't let so does it look like what we saw in the video, the Easter egg in the video of the Minecraft character? Don't have to figure that out. Okay, damn it. <laughs> so frustrating. I can tell you what the goalkeeper kits look like. That's they're terrible. Know. They all look the same. No, that they these ones are, are bad. They look like, like the saved by the bell credits. Oh, so they got like an eighties. Uh, uh, all sorts of like geometric designs and pr- primary colors, kind of thing. Ooh, yes. Oh wow. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Yipes. All right. Well, very good. Well, I got nothing else, guys. Anything else we need to do here? Uh, just the indoor season started in ASL. So if you're into the Outlaws or the Kicks, that's they're playing. So go see them at Festival. I'm not. Yeah. I know. I know you're not. Uh, all right. Very good, Dan. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Dan Crook. Have a proper crimbo. And I hope you're feeling better. By the way, everybody should know that Dan Crook taped this episode while suffering from the debilitating virus known as COVID. He's got a little bit of COVID brain going on today, so yeah. All right. You haven't vomited, have you? No, no. Okay. And you're not going to say the word beaver for me, are you? Fine, beaver. Yes. There's your new open. Buzz. <laughs> Except it's actually the close. <laughs> Third Degree, the podcast has been brought to you by Soccer90.com. Soccer90 wants to give all listeners of Third Degree an exclusive Christmas special. So you can get that last minute gift or even an after Christmas gift. So from today until the end of the year, into December, all listeners of Third Degree get 30% off with the code ThirdXmas at checkout. That's 3RDXMAS. 30% off, special just for you. Soccer90.com, use code ThirdDegreeXmas. Please allow three to four days for processing, so I don't order Christmas Eve and think you're getting it. Uh, and some exclusions do apply. And, uh, well, Merry Christmas, Dan. Merry Christmas to you, too. And Merry Christmas, Buzzard. Oh, thank you, Peter. Be sure and be here next week for the airing of the grievances. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. And thank you. 
FC Dallas Curious fan. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Uh, We love doing this uh, for you and with you. And uh, we will speak to you next week. And another, are we doing an episode next week between Christmas and New Year's? Uh, yes, we're the airing of the group. Okay, well, I didn't know. I, yeah. You know, a lot of people no. take that week off. It's vacation week. Nah. Okay. I mean, I'll be in on the road, but we'll, we can still okay. do something. All right. Well, we'll play it by ear. How okay. about that? It's a fair so we may do an episode next week. We may not, but we may uh, do that again. And so have a great holiday season, all of you out there. Thank you very much for listening. And we will talk to you eventually at some point, either late before the end of this year or the very beginning of next year on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Have a very curious Christmas. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nair podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nair podcast. Third degree, the third degree never podcast. Third degree, the third degree never podcast.